1: Now, get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, offers end soon. Call 562 314 4603 for details.
0: As somebody who, um, you know, appreciates these kinds of stories and deep dives, you did revisit the bike accident he had as an 11 year old, and we know he was in traction for months, and we know some of the things that how that shaped his mentality, his mindset, and and everything that followed. But I also felt like I had forgotten this if I had read it before, but the 1440 principle, the way that he approaches every day, um, explain that and how that might also relate to what we're talking about. He gets up before 4.40 a.m. without the alarm. He works out. He meets with individual's. Uh, every employee, the 1440 principle is kind of what guides everything else the way I, it read.
1: Yeah, no question. And, and Kevin was 11 years old in June of 1975 when he was hit by a car in Arizona near his boyhood home. And as you mentioned, spent months in the hospital, traction, body cast, unable to walk, told that he may never be able to play sports again, may never be able to run again, and, and sat in that bed as an 11-year-old trying to process all of that. For months, I mean, put yourself in those shoes and understand how transformative that can be for a young boy who doesn't have uh, a full life's worth of experience to process what's happening to him. And he, he basically said he, ma- he made a, a plea to God that if you allow me to return to full health, if you allow me to, to have a, a normal life from this point forward, I will never take a minute for granted. So he gets 1,440 minutes every day, and it's his sort of way of paying back thanks for his recovery to give everything he has to those 1,440 minutes. And he'll tell you, that doesn't mean he's working, but it means that every one of those minutes has to have a purpose. If he's relaxing, it needs to be full relaxing. If he's spending time with his family, it needs to be full presence. If he's at work and working out he's got to be getting the maximum out of his workout and and you know some of this sounds you know oh this this sounds like bluster you talk to people that know kevin very well and i'm very lucky because i know a lot of people from his orbit in minnesota with the vikings people that have worked with him in the big 10 and people that can confirm the things that he says you say is this is this for real and they'll go heck yeah it's for real um with kevin a lot of the things that he says is 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 what you see is what you get. And, and this is one of those where he just attacks the day with a purpose, with an understanding. One of the other things that I love, David, was the advice he took from his father when he was a, a basketball player in high school and then into college was his dad said, it's easy to score 20 points in a basketball game. Just get five every quarter. You know, And so for Kevin, that's a message of like, okay, yeah, that, five a quarter isn't that hard. Break down these big grand goals into incremental small goals. And all of a sudden, if you're making progress, 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 a little bit, becomes a lot really quickly.
0: So he's able to break things down incrementally because of advice from his dad. I think what you count on from Kevin Warren, 59 years old, who's about at 20 or 21 years older than Ryan Poles, yeah. who works for him. You wonder about that as, 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 as kind of a father-son uh, separation in age and you wonder if it's going to be a mentor-pupil type of it relationship. The one thing that I thought was important to that was that what you just described kind of fits under the category in the words and I wrote these down but calm wisdom is the way that Kevin Warren believes he can help Ryan Poles provide calm wisdom. And there is a calming presence. We talk about all this intensity and all of the activity and all the things that are going to happen on his watch. But at the end of the day, there's a calmness that he can instill as well. And that kind of calm wisdom summarizes, I think the biggest impact he can have on his young general manager. So I think you'd agree that the biggest thing on
1: Kevin's plate as he takes over as president and CEO is getting this stadium project figured out. The yeah. second thing is figuring out how to help Ryan Poles do his job to the highest level possible so that 14 lost seasons are are never repeated and that, and that there are playoff games played in Chicago and that when the Bears do enter that new stadium, they're entering it with momentum and a team that can compete for championships for five, six, seven, eight years down the road. The connection between Ryan and Kevin in the early stages of their relationship is so genuinely positive right now. These things change over time. We'll see how it evolves and develops. But it's genuinely positive right now because Ryan, by his own admission, is a guy who thrives off feedback and, and constructive criticism. And to hear those words out of Ryan's own mouth and, and as someone who's wired like that myself, and I, I said, hallelujah, as I was sitting in Ryan's office, I said, I know what you're talking about. You know, they're, 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 you are at your best when you're getting consistent back and forth and you're getting consistent feedback and you're getting asked questions that challenge you to think about the questions you may be asked the next time you talk in ways that make you do your job better. This is something that I think really lacked in the Ryan Pace era, where I think Ryan Pace had a lot of positive skills that were never properly developed by the people above him. Okay. And that, that that's my own conclusion that I drew over that's my time take. covering the yeah. bears right. without question. I think it's going to be a whole different era with Kevin Warren overseeing Ryan Poles. And I'll give you two things that I really love from, from some of the exchanges. One thing Kevin said to me that I, I put seven stars around and obviously it made the story as he said, I really want to be his sunshine and his water for continued growth. You know, and so he sees himself in that way that, that I'm not just his boss. I'm not just performing his performance reviews. You know, I am here to, to try to raise him to levels that, that he needs to go to in his job. He's still a green general manager. He still has blind spots. He's still inexperienced in his job. So anything I can do to help him in his job, I'm going to do. And so you have these examples in the story directly from the general manager himself where Kevin's connections, which, as you know, They extend far beyond sports. They extend into the corporate world. They extend far out into the world in ways that I'm sitting on a Zoom call working on this story with the former CEO of American Express, Ken Chenault, right? Like an interview I never thought I'd be doing, talking to him about the business. But Ryan will tell you, okay, I want to do some things in the analytics department to take our analytics game to a whole new level. Well, I bring this up and Kevin gives me contacts, both in college athletics and in the professional world that I can call up. And now all of a sudden I have new perspective and new ideas that I can apply to a project that I wouldn't have thought about on my own, that I wouldn't have thought about unless I called this person. Okay. Now I have some thoughts about how can we improve nutrition for our players? How can we improve the cafeteria experience so that they're refueling properly? They're getting the the proper nutrition. Well, Kevin Instantly hits him up on his iPhone. Next thing you know, he's got a, a new contact for David Fema, a guy in Minnesota who, who's a restaurateur there, but also works with the Timberwolves and the Lynx. And and now Ryan's on a Zoom call with David Fema, getting insight on okay, here's how you can make things more beneficial for your players. Little touches like this. There's a meeting, David, at House Hall in June. Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles, Kevin Warren, people in the the marketing side of the building, and and the exec, executives from Sleep Number. And it came about because Ryan and Matt and Kevin sat down with the schedule when the schedule came out and they saw a pocket in late October, early November where the Bears have to go to LA for a Sunday night game against the Chargers. They've got to come back on a red eye, leave the next weekend to go on another road trip to New Orleans and come back the next week and play a short week Thursday night game against the Panthers. And they took such a intense magnifying glass in this pocket of the schedule that they said, boy, this could be a, a real pothole. And this could be a real pivot point in our season. What can we do to try to enhance our chances of success in here? One of them was, okay – Yes, we do. We want to create a corporate uh, partnership with sleep number. Sure. But also, if we bring these people in, can we connect our players with some of their sleep experts and sleep specialists to educate them? Can we get them products that on these red eye flights allow them to rest better, whether it's a mask or a, a flight pillow or whatever it may be to keep them comfortable? These are small examples in like many different areas that all of a sudden are helping Ryan Poles do his job better to help oversee the football team better to help maybe possibly squeeze one more win out of a season.
0: So that's terrific uh, background and that's terrific reporting, but I have to, with all of the great things <laughs> that we hear about Kevin Warren and all the opportunity he has to make those sound like this, this deser- deserving praise got to go into and i'm glad you did this you know the big 10 tenure 40 months as the commissioner of the big 10. well you know what he had a 75 7.5 billion dollar rights deal that he gets a lot of credit for but i have you know i have some contacts in in college athletics that um you know they look at kevin warren and, and i don't want to say they kind of like have this this very skeptical look on their face but it's it's one that well you know Good, uh, thanks for going back to the NFL. We're kind (laughs) of gonna miss you, not really. I mean, so there's a brusque nature to sometimes the way that he has dealt with people that was described to me that isn't always easy to endorse, or you won't hear a lot of people in the college, um, realm and in that part of his career be as quick to praise him after he left. After, you know, uh, w- when you look at some of the things that were said in his wake after, well, you know what, not all the contracts were finalized and not all. I'm glad you addressed some of the consternation surrounding his exit and some of the things that maybe were uh, reportedly left undone and maybe And not all the I's were dotted and T's were crossed. I want to know from your perspective, what he, how he handled that criticism and what he had to say for himself.
1: Well, in talking to both Kevin and his wife, they said that that experience of taking on that level of criticism and the harshness of the criticism during 40 months as Big Ten commissioner was something that um, tests you and, and Kevin's word forces you to sort of have crocodile skin. And make sure that that you're able to handle that stuff and 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 really understand how difficult some of those things are to go through. His wife described it to me that that being back in the NFL is his wheelhouse. and one of the things that didn't make the story is she said that that Kevin loves that the NFL is unapologetically capitalistic. Right, which is a really, really interesting way to phrase things, because yeah. in the co- in the college world, we all know what the, what the business of college sports is, and yet there's always that weird gray area where people st- still try to pretend that it's this pure student athlete, scholarly, educational experience. When we know what it's become, it's 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 huge industry, right? And so I think there were headaches that came with that for Kevin of trying to pretend that we are going to be chasing multi billion dollar contracts. And it's okay that we do that in a college sports world where everyone's like, well, what about the student athletes? And and Michigan and Ohio State don't want to play November night games because it's not great. And like, like if we're going to go after the $7.6 billion media rights deal, there are certain things that you have to, to to accept member institutions to do these things. And so there was a lot there. I think that probably the harshest criticism Kevin took was for his handling of the 2020 season with COVID where the Big Ten Puts out a schedule, then they come back a, a few days later and say, "Hey, we're we're postponing this because we just don't feel safe in the current environment with the medical guidance we have." And then the SEC and and the ACC and the Big Twelve go ahead with football, and then the Big Ten reverses its decision. They put in you know all the protocols that needed to be in place for them to go ahead. And he was kind of criticized as a flip flopper and caving to pressure. And 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 I think. You know, Kevin's pushback on that would be there were a lot of people involved in these decisions. I know it looks like I was some overlord, kind of just the only guy. Making these dictatorial decisions, but there were a lot of people that were trying to figure things out at a time now here in 2023, where it's really easy to look back with revisionist history on. Um, but to your point, it, it it changed Kevin, I think, in a way, and it, and it it forced him to become tougher, and it forced him to to see that yeah, like there are flaws, and anytime that there are flaws, I've got to figure out a way to get better. And one of the things that he brings up is, you know, the big 10 under his watch eventually hired Dr. James Borchers to be their chief medical officer, a position they had never had in the conference. And COVID said, Hey, these are some challenges you weren't ready for. And Kevin said, let's find a way that we can be ready for the next one and brought in James Borchers to, to, to fill that role.
0: Okay. I want to get to the stadium, but I want to follow up on that real quickly because I think that when I read what he, how he handled, the Big Ten tenure, the 40 months, and how he responded to maybe the criticism of some of the things that we just discussed. What went through my mind was he is taking over a job and he's replacing somebody who is arguably the most polarizing Chicago Bear employee of the last <laughs> 25 years in Ted Phillips. And what was the easiest crutch for critics? I mean, n- not crutch, but if critics would always lean on the idea that, and we're you know, present company included. Ted Phillips was easy to criticize. Yeah. Ted Phillips took a bulk of the criticism uh, about all things that were wrong with the Bears. You know, they need a head of football operations and what are you doing? And he's just, I I wondered as I read that portion of this deep dive, how Kevin Warren, who is my opinion, a little sensitive to the criticism that he received after 40 months as big 10 commissioner How's he going to handle the inevitable, inevitable criticism and scrutiny he will receive as the Bears team president?
1: Yeah, I, he got—he has to be ready for it. He certainly understands it's coming, you know. And he said that to me multiple times that that you know the honeymoon phase isn't meant to last, and and there are going to be decisions that people disagree with, whether it's on the stadium front, whether it's something he does. Um, Maybe it's in the oversight of Ryan Poles. Maybe it's a direction they take in a new direction with the football team. Whatever it may be, there is going to be criticism, and he's just got to be ready for that and understand that that this is this is just part of the job. I think he is ready for that. I think he also sees in Chicago an opportunity to awaken what so many people around the league forever have said a, a sleeping giant. And, and as one source in Minnesota said to me, you know, if if the Bears are a sleeping giant, Kevin is about to just light you know seven barrels of tnt to wake that giant up because that's going to be the type of explosion that he wants to create in that building so that they understand what it is exactly that they're trying to accomplish it'll be fascinating to watch um i i think you're going to see a heightened attention to detail under his watch than we saw under Ted's guidance. I think you're gonna see an involvement, an active involvement that wasn't there that I think is the one thing that a lot of people complained about. That This is why I referred to it at the start as a grand experiment because if you then think that that's the, one of the biggest reasons that the Bears have failed to sustain success for 30 plus years, well now, if the involvement creates some of that sustained success, you go, my God, that was part of the missing piece.